As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, it's Wendy. And it's Jess. And you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast, your online resource for delicious and nutritious living. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Food Heaven Podcast with Wendy and Jess. Today we have Carlene Thomas in the studio, well not physically in the studio, but calling in. And Carlene is a registered dietitian, she's a food photographer, recipe content creator based out of D.C. in the Virginia wine country. She and her husband, Chris, run a food and beverage content creation company that focuses on videography, photography, and stop motion on digital platforms for national brands. Carlene loves recipes with indulgent ingredients. She creates dishes that are flavor forward and very balanced. Yes. And we, well, I came across Carlene's blog probably like five years, I don't know, a while back. And I remember loving it and sending it to Wendy like, oh my God, this girl looks so cool. I love her blog. I love her marketing. And it's just kind of evolved throughout the years. And we actually ended up meeting Carlene at Fency, which is the food and nutrition conference and expo, maybe like what, three years ago and went to her talk and had been stalking her prior, but it was (laughs) really nice to like, yeah, actually talk to her. And then we've become friends and she has always had our back. So we're super excited to have Carlene on the podcast. So welcome, Carlene. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was thinking about when I was getting ready to do this interview with you guys, how we ended up meeting. And I was like, it was the fancy where for some reason, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics was like, hey, let's bring this girl to talk to people about starting a career in dietetics where she actually shit talks everything that happens with the academy and how nothing worked out and how you should just ignore everything and go your own route. So I was basically not sure why I'm here, but I remember meeting you guys and being like, how have I not met them before? Because what you were doing was so different. You're, I mean, what you were putting out was amazing. And I was floored that I didn't know you and I became obsessed with knowing you. (laughs) Yeah. And what you're doing is so different. That's why we were drawn to you because we were like, wow, she's so creative. She's so talented especially when we come out of school, we're always told clinical, clinical, clinical. And a lot of uh, nutrition students or dietitians, they don't explore the creative space. So can you talk a little bit about how your career is kind of different from the traditional path and how you got into that creative space? Yeah. So I would say nothing I do is something that I thought could be a career coming out as a dietitian, or I thought ever would be a career. I mean, even like two years after being credentialed, but I always knew I wanted to be a dietitian. I remember being in high school, I found out it was a job and I was like, that's what I want to do because I knew I wanted to go into healthcare. My grandma was a physical therapist and we were a big like food loving family. And when I, I realized those two jobs could become a career, I was like, yep, all in on that. 
Um, but I realized pretty quickly, like I was just not drawn to the clinical side of things. I could do it, but it wasn't, it wasn't where I wanted to be. And so through Twitter, I ended up finding out that there were other jobs that like, for some reason, my professors were just never talking about, which goes back to me saying, <laughs> when I gave that talk at that fancy, I was just like, you can, don't listen to anything your professors say, <laughs> because there's so much out there that I feel like isn't shared or explored because it's not traditional. Um, and so I, through Twitter, found a dietitian in the DC area. She was doing kind of this more creative business side of being a dietitian. And I was like, I want to come intern for you. And I did. And I learned so much. Like I remember writing tweets for her. This was in like 2008 or 2009. Um, and I just became, I, the bug bit me. Like I knew I wanted to be involved in that world. Wow. That is so awesome that you were able to just kind of ignore the naysayers and <laughs> do what you do. So talk about what a typical day looks like for you. So it, it depends, which I think is, I, I feel like for anybody like you guys too, I'm sure there are days that are super different from one another, depending on if you're going on like a press trip or you are at a conference or it's photography day or it's admin day, but typically it always starts actually the night before. I'm totally the kind of person I like my list. So the night before I set up my to-do list for the next day. Um, and what I've tried to do, and the struggle is so real because my first instinct when I wake up at like six or six 30 is to check my email and I cannot do that anymore. It's so bad for me. It will me throw too. off my entire day. Oh my God. Um, Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying unsuccessfully. It's like a one out of five chance that I can make it through <laughs> like the first three hours without checking my email. But typically what I would try to do is get started on whatever my project is. Like project one is kind of that first block of the morning pre-lunch and it'll be either procurement. So I'll go do grocery runs or go to stores to get props or whatever for whatever we're working on at that time. Or it could be writing a blog post or writing um, a contributing piece to a website, or it could be photography. So I kind of chunk it into project one and project two of the day. Um, and then in the middle, I'll make lunch, check my email, continue with that project or move on to project two. Or if email comes in and like I said, it becomes like this project that cannot be ignored because everything that comes into your inbox is urgent, right? You like all of a sudden have 50 million things that have to be done right now. Um, then I'll let that take over. And then at the end of every day, I kind of do a wrap up. I do admin tasks, contracts, emails, setting up the schedule for the next day. I love it. Now, when I first encountered creative entrepreneur dietitians, I thought it was really cool and I love the idea, but I never really understood like how people actually made money and got paid. That's why we we did go to your talk that one day because we're like, okay, we need to learn more about like how are these people making money? So can you talk about kind of the different revenue streams for a less traditional career path? Yeah, I. this is the other thing. I also feel like there's this weird part of this industry that no one talks about how they make money. And I don't know if it's a general discomfort with the money conversation in general, or people being so afraid that by sharing information, they are giving up a piece of their pie. Um, so I, I think there's nothing to hide with this. I, I always enjoy people who are honest with the possibilities. And so I think the first thing first is it's important for people to understand it is not 
somebody is not necessarily making a full-time income off of being a creative or an influencer. So like, don't make assumptions based on what you're seeing on their website or on their social media. They may be doing another job alongside that. Um, there are a lot of different ways you can make money in this creative industry, this less traditional career path. So I think first, probably the most interesting one, well, the, the one people want to know the most about is the influencer sphere. So like with you guys, I'm sure because of your audience, like you, you work with brands on multiple different levels, right? You could do sponsored posts. You could do a post on Twitter versus a Facebook live, or you could do a multiple um, post deal where it's like multiple recipes. You know, there's, there are all of these different ways that you can work as quote an influencer on social media. Um, And then alongside that, I think with the influencer sphere stuff, there's affiliate links, which is becoming more of a thing in the food world. I don't think a lot of people realize outside of the style world, affiliate links are a thing, but essentially an affiliate link is a link that you get a small, I mean, we're talking like cents um, return on somebody's purchase. And it's not the person paying you, it's the brand, their, their way of giving back to you because you're leading people to this product or link or whatever it is digitally. digitally is to give you like a super duper small cut of whatever it is. So that's the first chunk of it. I also think there are so many things that people don't realize they have to offer in a less traditional career path. You could do consulting, which I would define as letting a brand or a company or a person access your brain and your knowledge in whatever that is. So, I mean, for you guys, like diabetes is, is something you can help companies understand in that world. Whereas I could not do that, but every person has their specialty. You have something to offer. And there's a huge line of people that want that information. So you can make a consulting fee off of working with people or brands or companies to share what you know. So I think that's a a big part of it that people don't really understand is the experiences that like both of you have, they're so different from one another, but you you can offer so much in an intangible but very important way, right? Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, and I also have found that once you go down the rabbit hole of creativity, you start kind of tapping into things that you didn't know you were interested in, especially in this food world where you're like, oh, like I would have never thought that I would be into like photography, for example. And then once you start kind of exploring different things, especially with food, like there's just so many cool things that you can do with food as a dietitian, as an educator. It's like you can do video, like you do stop motion, you can do recipe development, you can do like spokesperson work. So that's why I love this field too, because there's just so many cool opportunities and you can cultivate like different talents. Um, Yeah. The the spokesperson thing is a really good example because that's like consulting in a way, but you are letting the brand or company use you to sell the product, like be it on TV or digitally or whatever. But then like what you said about food photography, you can also offer workshops or do speaking engagements or presentations, or you can offer that specific service, whatever it is, you know, like you mentioned food photography to a brand where you're not necessarily attached publicly. Like some people are ghostwriters. Some people uh, do health messaging with a brand and you would never know that it was that dietitian or that food creative involved unless they told you, told you. And that's kind of a good, um, I think realistic way to make a sustainable income where it's not necessarily attached to you. It's attached to the talents of like what you are good at and what you can provide. Exactly. 
Now, shifting, because I know you did some rebranding. So Carlene, before her uh, her blog, her website was named Healthfully Ever After, her brand. And she recently rebranded to Oh Carlene, which I love. Me too. Oh, my God. It's just like, it's the name. Yeah. It's catchy. It's and short and sweet. Thank you guys for helping with that. that was <laughs> like, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so she was you. bouncing ideas with us. I'm like, oh, Carlene is it. So can you talk about kind of shifting your business as it grows and how your business is different today compared to how it was when you started out? It is nothing like it was when I first started out. <laughs> and I mean, like, that was even pre-healthfully ever after. I was thinking about, um, I mean, when I first got my credential, I was working, like, four or five jobs. Like, I didn't have a full-time job ever at any point in, in my postgraduate life, um, purely because I didn't want to work in a hospital. And the, the jobs that were available at that time, which was like post-recession, nobody wanted a fresh out of college person when they could have somebody who had worked in the in the PR or marketing world for like a decade. Like I wouldn't hire me. Why were they going to hire me? Um, so I took like whatever I, I could. So, I mean, at that point I was doing, um, I was the wellness dietitian kind of uh as in a consulting role for a college in Baltimore, Maryland, and a girls' private school in Northern Virginia. I was doing quarterly reviews at a long-term care facility. I was um, hired by like three or four older dietitians to help them run their social media accounts. I was doing so much that was very unsexy, but I just did it because I felt like I didn't have another option to kind of survive. Like that, that was just what was available. So I did it. Um, while I was kind of doing the whole blog thing on the side, because I was I had been blogging since I was in college, and um, as time went on, I realized it was a possibility to be paid for that in a way. So this was like 2012, essentially, and um, Chris and I got hired at the time because Chris was still Chris was like helping me with photography and. Um, we got hired by Shandone, the champagne company to shoot like a series of their recipes out of the blue. We had done some fun cocktail recipes for a wedding website, which I will backtrack to in a second, but we got hired as food photographers. And from there, that's when the photography aspect really took off in the food styling. And so we kept getting requests to do that. And as the years passed, it became more about video and stop motions. And so that's how it progressed. Like we just kept getting requests and we were like, sure, we can do that because you always make sure you can do it and you figure it out later. Um, but you guys talked about how originally, well, originally, like uh, as of two weeks ago, I, my handle was healthfully ever after. Like that's how a lot of people knew me. And it was because I had, at, I guess throughout all of this, um, I had kind of worked in the wedding world. I, I think purely because it was the time in my life when like we were getting married. Um, I had made a lot of connections in the wedding world. And I thought there was a hole in the industry. Like this was purely observational. There was no dietitian that was involved in what I had called at the time, like wedding wellness. And I was like, I can be that person. I get it. That's where I am in my life. And so I had a small private practice where I was seeing brides one-on-one to help them like get healthier for their wedding. And um, eventually that just burnt me out. That's like a very aggressive industry, very um, high strung, very down to the digit kind of weight loss. And I was just over it. So we transitioned out of that, but kept kept the name. And what we do today is just the photography and videography. We do creative consulting for food and beverage brands. And basically, I, we just play with food all day and, and show it visually. I love it. Now, you mentioned Chris. 
And I just want to tell people that that's your husband. And I'm a little jealous just because he's an amazing graphic designer. And it is hard to find a good graphic designer who is reliable (laughs) because people who are really good tend to kind of grow and have a lot of clients and they're busy. So I'm so jealous that you have him. But talk about what it's like working with your husband full time. Do you guys ever honestly want to kill each other? Do you guys work really well together? (laughs) Yeah, biggest career piece of advice. Um, Marry a lawyer or an accountant or a graphic designer if you want to go into your own business. They are incredibly useful. too late for that. Um, right. I'm like, do I need to leave my man? <laughs> Sometimes we joke, we should just rent Chris out. You know, like Chris can go yes. out. We will totally. Shopping. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was binge listening to your episodes uh, before we got on this call. And I went to episode 44, which is when you guys talk about doing business with a friend. Oh, yeah. Working with Chris is very much like on point with what you guys talk about. In that, in that episode. And number one, it's because having somebody you can trust is a huge deal. Like I do not trust many people at all. Um, and so to have somebody who knows the entire story of how you're feeling, like what's going on in your life outside of work, what this uh, decision saying yes or no to an opportunity or a project, what the implications are on like every part of the yes or the no you're about to do is um, like you just cannot buy that. You cannot have that unless it's a a previous relationship. So we are really lucky in that way. Um, The other huge benefit is that he pushes me and always keeps us ahead of the game from a creative standpoint, which is great because a few times a year, I have a moment of like, people are catching up with us. We need to get our asses moving and like learn something or we need to get ahead. And so (laughs) Chris is always at least like, five years ahead of a trend, um, which is great because he'll be like, we should start incorporating this. Like he sees trends across an industry that I cannot, his brain works completely differently than mine. Um, And I would say the only time things can get tense is because of this. So like a typical brand, I feel like is about six months to a year behind a trend curve. So Chris will be so over it when the clients make a request. He's like, that is so over and done with. And I have to be like, but that's what the client wants. Um, so that's the only time I think, I think we kind of get at each other because he is so good at the design stuff and it's so far ahead. I have to bring it back down to like, but here's what the contract says. And I feel, you know, like pretty shitty about it. Cause I have to have, have to be the, the naysayer. Yeah. Team Chris. Hashtag mm-hmm. Team Chris. Yeah. Hashtag Team Chris. <laughs> does he only work with you or does he also do like contract work with other brands or companies or freelancing? Full-time, it's the two of us. However, he has, it has become a more requested thing for Chris to do graphic work, which is really awesome because he's really freaking good at it. Yeah. So like we have is. a friend who runs a restaurant and um, they do a tiki pop-up. It's a Thai restaurant. So every summer, it gets like bigger and bigger. And so Chris did the entire menu for it. And it is the coolest. And he did all of these uh, animations to go along with it for their social media. And wow, so cool. what this dude can whip out is insane. He's like, I saw it and I made it happen on my screen. And I'm just like, I don't get it. I totally don't get it. But yes, yes, you. This is really cool. Um, and we also have, we're getting requests now from brands to do consulting work in more of like a creative direction aspect where Chris is doing design layouts or, you know, graphics to coincide with um, 
document production. So we'll like take pictures for whatever it is. Chris can do the layout. There's nothing he can't do. Um, so that is incredibly cool that we're getting projects where Chris can like shine and show what he's really good at. Because before that, it was just kind of, that was a major plus for brands to work with us because we do everything in-house. And it's because we're kind of control freaks. Um, <laughs> so hiring out to, to trust somebody to see the same vision we we would do is incredibly hard. And I think the more we can hold on to that and, and learn and grow in that part of the industry is super, super cool. So we basically just need to clone Chris is what, know. Is what I'm we hearing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's the other thing you can do as a creative. You can clone your husband or business partner <laughs> and you can sell them. It's passive income. Love, yes. Affiliate <laughs> link insert here. <laughs> so, okay. So let's talk about being lonely as an entrepreneur. So I know that you have your husband you work with full time. Um, but still, sometimes, you know, you could miss kind of the social aspect of going into an office um, every day or even a couple days a week. So how do you find your tribe as someone who works for themselves? Mm. I think this has become, mastermind groups, number one, have become like my most important kind of social work habitat <laughs> outside of Chris. Like, I mean, the, the, the two mastermind groups I'm involved in are very important to me because I can just send a text and be like, what do you think about this? You know, it's, uh, it's like having somebody in the little cubicle next to you, but the cubicle is your phone. Um, so find people you like, or you would like to be around because I, I can't remember what the number it is, but you know how there's that saying like, you are a reflection of the five people you spend the most time with in a way. I totally believe that. So like make those people count, whether it's people you just enjoy the vibe, like not from a work perspective, or it is people who can help you be a really good business person or a creative or things like that. So the great thing is because of social, like it's so easy to find people. When I was in college in Virginia, you're only option was, I mean, they were like, you're becoming a clinical dietitian. And I was like, hell no, I'm not. So because Twitter had become a thing at that point, I got on Twitter. And that's how I was finding other people who were also students in this, this industry from across the country and like being friends with them because they felt the same way I did. So it was, it's so easy now with geotags and hashtags and little like Facebook groups. It's so easy to find people who are good for you in every sense of the way. I will also say the caveat, do not only limit yourself to people in your industry. I think this is probably the biggest, not the biggest, it's a major issue in the nutrition world right now. I think it's incredibly easy for us to get stuck in our little communities and not learn bigger things from other people who work in different areas, be it marketing or be it accounting or a lawyer or a designer or whatever, you know, there's just so much other people have to offer. And I think sometimes we can get stuck in this little bubble nutrition wise, where it's the same people talking about the same people, whatever. So I, I love like one of our good friends, she is, oh my gosh, she's in her fifties and she's a florist and she's awesome. And that's who I spend time with. Is this Holy Chapel? Holly Chapel, yeah. Right. I mean, so <laughs> that has nothing to do with food, but I get such a kick out of her. And I learned so much because she has her own business. There's things that I would never think about and having an outsider's point of view on, you know, whatever it is you're going through, either in life or in business, is so important. So I would also encourage people find your tribe work wise. It's easier in kind of like your industry bubbles 
because you know and breathe that, but meet people outside of it too. It's so important to do that. It is so important. Yeah, especially if you're in the creative world, like there's just so many um, resources that you can tap into and also just bartering. We actually are part of the master. We're part of a mastermind with Carlene and it's great because any like question or inquiry or like when we're not sure about something, it's literally like a WhatsApp message away. And it's such an efficient way to connect with people that are doing similar things as you are or just like who you can get inspiration from. Um, so Carlene, you have a lot going on. Like you have amazing content. You do videos, you do articles, you do the stop motion, you do your five minute Monday lives, which we love. That's when she hops on Instagram live and she just talks about like a topic of the week and she kind of addresses it within five minutes and it's super fun. So how do you manage to do all of these things? Like what is your process to be efficient? Are there any apps that you use? Like what are you, what tools do you have to keep you in check? Oh man, you guys know efficiency is like music to my ears. That's like my favorite (laughs) world. (laughs) Um, I did just have another thought, you know, how you were just talking about, you know, if people miss going into an office, if you have a wing or a WeWork or something like that, or a little studio in your city, go join it. Cause that's another great way to meet people outside of your industry that likely run their own business. So that's another little just idea I had. Okay. So back to the efficiency stuff. Yes. I am obsessed with efficiency. If somebody can give me a life hack to do something better and faster, I am all about that. So I think this also comes with a caveat statement that it is so important to remember that everybody's situation is different. Like I have friends who message me and they're like, how are you doing all this? I'm like, I don't have kids. Like, please remember, I am just responsible for feeding myself and Chris and the cats. Like I don't have a small human to feed and make sure it stays alive. So I think my parameters are a little bit different in that way. I also don't commute. Um, And I think that's another big thing. I work from home so I can spend more time doing instead of getting to doing. Um, And then also that my priorities and and your priorities and the listener priorities, those are all different than somebody else's. And so you could think about, you know, what you do on an average Monday or a weekend or whatever, and think about what it would be like if you made writing or creating or whatever it is you want to do a priority. Like if, do you have that time block? And if you do have the time block, which is more important to you? Um, so you could hypothetically do it, you know, if it, if it, maybe you're realizing you just went shopping or you watched six hours of Netflix, if that's more of a priority, then good on you. But if it's not your priority and you can't figure out why you're not getting to the next level or why you're not, you know, doing, having the time to do stuff, it's time to kind of like evaluate where you are spending your time. I am also a total border collie. I have an internal, like, I'm internally compelled to just do stuff. (laughs) I like having projects. I like having a to-do list. I like crushing a to-do list. So I'm, I'm very motivated. And I think that's another thing, like people's personalities are different. And if you're not super motivated on your own, that's going to be super hard to finish a lot of stuff. And so it's a reality check of, can you do what you want to do realistically? Like realistic is good, right? So, um, App-wise and efficiency thing. Oh my God. So I have, despite my love of digital stuff, I use an iCalendar for like time-specific and date things so I can schedule on the go or whatever. And that'll also help me block out projects so Chris and I can schedule if we can or can't take on a project. But I also love my paper agenda. Like I'm also the kind of person who loves school supplies. 
And I got into a conversation with the lady at a farmer's market recently about school supplies. And she was like, are you a teacher? And I was like, no, I also don't have kids. So this conversation got really weird, but I just love like <laughs> office supplies. Um, so the calendar I use, my agenda that I use is called Golden Coil. And it's super awesome because you can totally customize it. You can pick a start date. You can decide if you want hour by hour or an entire week on a page and you can put in a grocery list and you can put in a to-do list or a social media list or whatever. So I love Golden Coil as a paper agenda. Um, I also love the app Wonderlist. That's what Chris and I use to build our procurement list for photo shoots. So it's a shared app where it's a list building thing. And as you go to the store, you can Again, please remember, I'm extremely type A. So I have the, li- the list organized in terms of where I go in the grocery store first. Like I go to the grocery so often, I know exactly where things are and the order that they appear in. So we have Wonderlist. Um, I also use an app. I just learned about this app and I, I just put a story up about this. It's called Forest. And it's a productivity Ooh, app in terms of... Yeah, where you... Yes. Wait, is this the one where you save, you plant a plant? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like bookmarked it and I'm like, I have to get... Because it's similar to Moment, right? I don't know what's Moment. Oh, Moment is it tracks the amount of time you're spending on your phone. And oh it'll... Yeah, it'll tell you like some useful tips for like kind of spending less time on your phone and it will it will basically um when you hit the threshold whatever you decide it starts making all these noises and it won't stop (laughs) until you turn the phone off it's crazy yeah it's like okay time to turn the phone off it's eight (laughs) o'clock oh my god that kind of gives me anxiety probably because i feel like i already know i'm not doing so that's that's an area for improvement for me like i definitely Sometimes I will catch myself going down a hole of like doing the, the circuit, you know, like you get on your phone and you check the same things over and over and like, that's not doing anybody any good. So anyway, for forests, yes, you set a timer, you plant this virtual tree and you cannot like look at or interact with your phone during that time period, whatever you set, because if you do, you kill the virtual tree and you feel like a terrible human. So purely based on that, it keeps you from looking at your phone because you don't want to kill the tree or at least it does for me. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I need to look into that one. Yeah. Cause moment was giving me anxiety because it would go off like on the train and it's Uh, like, Oh my God. But you can turn that off. It's optional. Yeah. I turned it off. I know. I know. But then now I don't really pay attention to it because it's not going to kick me off. (laughs) But anyways, (laughs) it makes me cringy. The other thing we do is um, we have a clipboard system. Did you guys ever watch like, TLC and um, there was a show called Ace of Cakes. Maybe it was on TLC. Am I making that up? Mm. Or Food Network? So it was this, it was this guy who he was a cake decorator. He was a cake person. And so they had this wall of clipboards and every project had a clipboard. So I have stolen that idea Ooh. from like circa 2005. And we have um, a wall of clipboards in the office and each clipboard has a cover sheet that tells us how much we're getting paid, when it's due, what the project is, and all the essentials for like what is part of the project mm, and whose responsibility it is. Ooh, I love that yeah. idea. Oh my God. I might so that. again, despite my love of digital, I kind of love the analog. Like I just need it printed. I need to see it in person sometime and have that stupid little clipboard that I can take with me, you know, to the kitchen or where, wherever I'm going. Yeah, I'm the same. I love lists and I love doing them the night before or like even the, you know, week in advance because it just helps me mentally plan out like what's actually possible. Um, have you tried the task 
Lisk in Gmail where you can just kind of list everything out? Oh, I haven't. And this is why I have a system where, oh my God, always a system. Okay. So I use, I love Gmail, love Gmail so much. And I have um, categories that are categories and labels that are for clients, potential clients and like everything else and events and travel. I, I love it subdivided, but I feel like I'm scared to switch to a new system. How bad is this? I'm so set in my ways that like, I'm afraid that I'll just be on my email constantly if I use the Gmail task list. Yeah, but if it, your system works for you. I feel like if it works, it works. You know, it's more for folks who don't have a system and are feeling, you know, like things are out of control. But I like the analog too, so I love it. I love it all. Um, so let's talk about self-care. So you work for yourself. Do you guys work like nine to five or do you make sure to take vacations? Like how do you incorporate self-care into your life? So when you guys sent me like some of the possible questions for this podcast, I, I right under the question, I just wrote, LOL, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <funny. laughs> we are, I, I think we have the reality of knowing sometimes it's super busy and sometimes we have more flexibility. Like we have been doing this long enough to know the kind of the ebb and flow of the seasons. Um, so basically like April through June, we know we're essentially working all day, every day, weekends included because it's just a busy time of year. Same with like September, October, November. We know that's the peak season. So we will work as much as we need to work to get whatever it is done. But then there are times like August, where it could be Wednesday and we could be caught up and not have anything to do and be like, do you want to go see a movie at 11 when no one's there? Because we love going to places when there are no crowds. So we can do that and it's totally fine. But there, I think we have the knowledge that sometimes you have to work a lot constantly. And then sometimes you do have the flexibility. Now, are we good at totally separating nine to five? No, because I, we also have, come to accept the fact that Chris and I have different working habits and patterns. I can wake up and be writing at 7am. Like I write super well in the morning. I can get a lot done really early. (laughs) Yeah. And so you feel bad. You're like, am I supposed to do a quote nine to five? Like do, but I I'm over that. Like I have no problem accepting the fact that sometimes I just need to get in my flow of writing or whatever it is and do it when I feel like doing it. And then just don't when I don't, because I'm not going to be as efficient. Um, Chris can work at like 3am. Like there are times when Chris will be like, I just went to bed an hour ago. I'm like, Oh my God, no, I have to go to bed at nine 30 because I'm 85 years old. So <laughs> we, we have come to accept the difference in schedules in terms of like when our quote working hours. Are we good at taking vacations right now? No, we're not. Um, and that's something we want to get better at. But there are things going on in life that are making it like it's just not as easy as it could be. And there will always be excuses. Like we're renovating a house constantly. So we would really not like to leave the house alone while we're waiting for the roofers to come. And there's a squirrel that's living in our attic that we are like super nervous about because we're ripping the ceiling off of the future future master bedroom. And I don't want the squirrel to get into the main part of the house from the attic. And so like, there's always something. I have this feeling it will get easier as time goes on to just, you know, get a flight alert and see, oh my God, it's like so inexpensive to go to Iceland right now. And we can just get up and go and do that. But right now, 
no, I don't think we're really taking advantage of the flexibility in our schedule because of other responsibilities that we've taken on. Oh, also, I'm sorry if you can hear my cat yelling at me. I know. I'm like, there's <laughs> How many cats do you have? Uh, four. <laughs> wow. So many. Yeah, yeah. We, have a, we have a herd. Harveen, <laughs> what happens if the squirrel gets into the house? Right. I'm concerned <laughs> about this. Uh, yeah, I'm concerned about it too. Right now we have like, wood holding the door so to make sure the squirrel doesn't enter the house but you know what i say that and chris is 100 percent had to kill a squirrel inside because it got in before this these squirrels are devious af like oh their goal God. is to live in our house oh wow are they do they like bite off at things like what are the liabilities of having the squirrel in the house what are the implications of squirrel invasion yeah. um yeah they'll like rip up Stuff. I mean, the problem is we're especially worried about what would happen if the cats had a run in with them. But really, I just can't deal with having a squirrel in my house. They've also eaten through a bumper of one of our cars. I don't oh, know what's going no. on in Virginia, but we are very anti-squirrel. Yeah, they're probably loud too, right? <laughs> well, it's here. So we have a metal roof. We live in a super old house. It's metal roof. And so you hear it run across the roof and all the cats. Remember, there are four cats. So all four cats will like stare up at the roof and we're like, oh my God, the squirrel is coming again. Wow. Damn. Okay. Well, shifting the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) So I think it'll be nice to wrap it up by having you share three tips for nutrition wellness people in the field foodies yeah foodies just entrepreneurs who want to do more creative work what are three tips that you have tip number one i think is show don't tell like if you want to do something just do it don't talk about how you always have wanted to do this thing or like you want to move more in this direction or just shut up. Like, just do whatever it is and show everyone how awesome you are at it because then you have a proof of concept and then you can work at getting better at whatever it is. So I would say, don't, don't just constantly talk about how you want to do something, figure out a way to make it happen and to do it, even if it costs a little bit of money or you're not getting paid for it, because eventually it will hopefully come back as something where you are making money off of it, or it it is something that, you know, it's your, it's your dream project. And then you get asked to do it. And that's what happened has happened with Chris and I for video work. You know, everybody likes the hands and hands, that's be tasty. And we'll do that for clients. We're happy to do that. But in our own creative time, what we did is we decided to play with a new style of video. And within a week, we got two requests for contracts emulating that style of video. So just do it if you want to do it. Um, I would also say it's important to remember to work hard. You are not entitled to anything. Um, you may want something really badly. You may even be really good at whatever it is you do, but it doesn't necessarily mean you deserve the thing you want. So constantly work hard, put yourself in positions where it's easy to be lucky. Um, so you are interacting with people who can, you know, help make whatever it is happen for you. You can learn a lot from them. Um, just remember that nobody owes you anything. So just work really hard. And then the last thing I think would be to remember how hard it's going to be to to run your own business, to be a creative, to not have a stable paycheck and know that you're responsible for your success and or your failure and be flexible with that. Um, I feel like you have to kind of have a tough skin, you know, to to live that life. It's not easy all the time. Sometimes it's awesome. 
um, you know, when you get sent like pounds of cheese in the mail and you're flown to a different country, like, yeah, that's the awesome part of it. But there's also the part where you're categorizing your receipts for taxes at like two in the morning and you want to gouge your eyes out with a fork, but it, it all comes with the same package. So it's not easy, but it is worth it. I love the reminder to work hard um, and that it's not easy just because I think sometimes it can come across that is an entrepreneur, you have this great life or that everything's easy, um, but it's not. It's hard work. It's harder, in my opinion, harder work than having a stable job just because you really have to roll with the punches and you are the one, like you're saying, responsible for the success or failure. So if something goes wrong you typically have to troubleshoot and or do it again. So it's just, yeah, it's not easy. And I like that reminder, but it's so rewarding because I feel like, you know, either you kind of have that entrepreneur um, spirit or you don't kind of thing. And if you do, it's really hard to not really honor that and pursue it. So I think that it's rewarding as well. Um, But where can our audience find out more about all of the incredible work that you're doing? We mostly exist on Instagram. Sorry if you heard the cat. No, it's okay. Okay, Okay. (laughs) sorry. Um, (laughs) We mostly exist on Instagram. Not a Facebook person, not really a Twitter person. So uh, you can find us there. It's at ocarlene. Um, and then you can also get on our biweekly newsletter. Uh, we try not to, you know, send too many emails. It's only every two weeks and we make it worth your while with awesome, crazy reads. Um, so, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, thank you for hopping on with us today. We will link all of your information so our listeners can find you in the show notes. And we will talk to you later. See you in the WhatsApp group, girl. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Food Heaven podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a huge favor and leave us a review in iTunes. Go ahead and do it right now because the more reviews we get, the more visibility we have, which means that this episode and others will reach more people. Listen up to this listener review. As a cancer survivor, my health is at the forefront of everything that I do. I appreciate that Food Heaven provides information that I can use on a daily basis, whether it's about beauty products, soy, exercise, or integrative nutrition. Thank you so much for those of you that take out the time to leave these really sweet reviews. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. And if you haven't already, take a few seconds, go on iTunes, drop some stars leave a comment. Yeah. And we are on Instagram and Twitter at Food Heaven Show and on Facebook at Food Heaven Made Easy. So if you're feeling social, make sure to follow us and say, hey, our podcast is released every Wednesday. And in each episode, we cover tips and tricks for making lifelong, sustainable, healthy living changes to upgrade your diet and health. We also interview leading experts in the field of health and nutrition to pick their brains on how to cultivate a healthy life that you love. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll catch you next time. Bye.